You're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 156, Deep Purple on the Wings of a Russian Fox Bat. And coming to you from the early morning suburbs of Chicago, I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. And coming to you from the suburbs of Providence, I'm your co-host, John Deadarm Matola. <laughs> Oh, no, we're not watching that show. <laughs> Why is your arm no. dead? I just fell asleep on my oh. arm again. Okay. Good. Yeah, I was going to say that, that you should save that for last concert in Japan. <laughs> oh, no. All right. I'm going to recycle that one. I'm already calling it. I was like, oh, does he think we're doing last concert in Japan? <laughs> no. Nope. Thank, thankfully not. We're not doing that. We're going to do a much better representation of uh, Tommy here. Um, mm. But hey, folks, thanks for joining us. We're on a live stream this morning. There's a coffee and tea fight going on between the Brits and the Americans in the chat. Sorry, I'm team coffee this morning. Um, but yeah, welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And uh, hey, we're going to get right into it. We got a, a great live show. We're going to talk a little bit about that and ju- jump right into the uh, the performance. Uh, before we do that, there's a few ways that you can support our show. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can, hey, you can clip, click and subscribe or do whatever nonsense you want to do on YouTube. Join one of the tens of people that l- listen to our shows on YouTube. Um, you can buy merch at our Etsy store. Uh, we have mugs and t-shirts available. Become a patron on Patreon for as little as $1 a month you can help support the show also on paypal and hey we're on we're like all the cool kids we're on cash app so you can cash app us at uh dp pod dppod on cash app um you know i'll have my phone at the ready here waiting for any sort of uh any sort of announcements that somebody's donated on cash app be just like those youtubers oh there's an there's a message on cash app what does this say it's probably like they want me to sign up for a credit card or something oh they want me to invite my friends to join John, I'm going to send you an invite to join Cash App so I can get $15. All right. Um, All right. So, so, hey, yeah, we're ready to get uh, get into things. Um, uh, but before we do, hey Hi-o! We have a new patron coming in at the $1 made-up name tier. But this name doesn't sound made up. That name is Scott Price. <laughs> Scott, thank you so much. Uh, I did not it's get not a, a name. Came, came, <laughs> it could be a made-up name, sure. It's like yeah. like a a friend of mine in in high school was named Barbara Johnson. <laughs> My cousin Jeff was convinced that she was in the witness protection je- program. He's like, sure, Barbara Johnson, sure, that's her real name. Like he did not believe for a second that was her uh, real name. It was he's like it's too it's too normal. Like there's no way that's a real name. That's true. He wasn't buying it. Um, I always <laughs> I always remember her. I haven't talked to her in thirty years, and I always think about her when I think of made up names. Um, Okay, yeah. So thank you for joining. I did not get a message or or if he wanted a made up name in time. So if I hear back from him, we can uh, we can get his little welcome message on the next episode. Um, but hey, I uh, just want to thank you to our uh, executive level patrons coming in at the twenty five dollar uncommon man tier. We have Ovis Nakvi at the twenty one twelve long live rock and roll tier. Richard Fusey at the ten pound tier. We have Dr. Jill Brees. At the Turn It Up to $11 tier, Clay Wambacher, Frank Teelgard, 
Mortensen, Alan Ain't Too Proud to Beg, and Mickel Steen. And at the $10 Someone Came tier, Ryan M., Jeff Bryce, Gerald Kelly, Victor Campos, Better Call Saul Evans, and Kev Roberts and his wonderful family. Thank you so much to all of you for your donations. And uh, Alan's in the chat right now. He just gave a hey <laughs> Um So, yeah. Um, thank you very much, everybody. Also, check out Deep, Pro, Deep Dive Podcast Network for other like-minded shows if you're looking to uh, explore any other bands. Most recent entry is an Aerosmith podcast, so if you want to revisit their catalog, you can join Casey and John and do just that. All right. And I started listening to that, too, by the way. It's very good. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think that what they've got, like, maybe two episodes so far? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, very, I, very good. I highly recommend. I think we talked about it our last episode, but it was it was my introduction to uh, Lord of the Thighs, <laughs> which has somehow <laughs> has eluded me. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So, so John, what what do you know about or remember about on the wings of a Russian fox bat? Just the name of the album. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard it. Yeah, it's kind of a memorable one, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, um, these days, I think we should. Call it um, uh, the wings of an East European aircraft. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's actually uh, extra fitting these days for what's going on in the world. But um, yeah. Hey, oh, you know what? Before we get into that, I do have uh, one more thing. I've got some. Um, I, I got some mail that was just delivered here. Uh, this is um, postcards from the edge of Connecticut. We got this one is. I don't even know what that is. Maybe it'll say on the back. It's. Oh, it's oh, it's Ireland. There you go. <laughs> Giants Causeway in Ireland. So that makes sense. And it arrived mm-hmm. yesterday, which was St. Patrick's Day as we record this. And of course, it's from Peter Gardo. It says, Nate, tonight will be a pizza. Oh so, oh, so a little background. I went to a pizza place with my kids after I got my daughter's ear ears pierced. And they had, it was like rock and roll themed. And the menu was all like... Uh, pizzas that were named after bands. There's no deep purple pizza. So I, so I, mm. so they gave me a postcard of the pizza place. So I sent it to Peter, my first postcard I've sent since I was maybe 15. And um, <laughs> I was like, I had, you know, I had to return the favor. And then he, he responds. So he's responding back to that postcard. So now we're, we're, of course, I don't have a cache of like hundreds of postcards here. So I'm gonna have to get some. Uh, but he says, Nate, tonight will be a pizza night here as our daughter comes home. Um, for the end of her spring break after spending time in a yurt in Vermont. Wow. Wishing the DPP a happy St. Patrick's Day. Maybe a nothing at all pizza is on the menu. <laughs> so he's talking about the menu with no deep purple pizza. I like it. Um, <laughs> nothing at all. I no- love it. <laughs> nothing at all. Uh, and he's wishing us a happy St. Patrick's Day. And it came on St. Patrick's Day. So how about that? Then I also on the same day get a, a an, an envelope in the mail. And when I go to pull the thing out of the envelope, I see this and it's like, it's also from Peter Gardot, mind you. And it's, it's like a, it's like an advertisement for a, like a, <laughs> like a, uh, what do you even call it? Uh, an old person scooter, an old person scooter, kind of like combination wheelchair walker, the so light glide. And I'm like, why is he sending me this? Then I flip it over and it's, um, uh, <laughs> It's Parade Magazine, uh, 1972, the story behind the year's most unforgettable songs. Um, hmm. So then it made a little bit more sense. And then in there, of course, um, Mark uh, pic- with a picture of Mark III, they're talking about Smoke on the Water, uh, as mentioned as one of the 1972 songs. And um, also there's a, uh, there's a um, taped on the inside is a check for this shirt that I got for him in... <laughs> <laughs> in Florida, which I was like, oh, I totally forgot. He never paid me back for that. Oh, right. Uh, he, 
Peter, you could have easily uh, scored on me with that one because I totally forgot. Um, you could have you could have Venmoed him. It would have taken like three years for him to like figure out how to transfer the funds. I think we talked about that on our on our um, on our on our episode with Rich about how much trouble I had sending him the the Venmo. And then um, did I don't think we even told you because me and Rich talked about it. But since then, uh, like a few days ago, I got a message that's that was like uh, your funds have been denied and they've been returned to you. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was almost a month after after I'd sent Rich the money. I'm like, what? So I contact him. I'm like, what's going on? Did you deny my funds? He's like, no. And then I look and the funds. So he doesn't have the funds and I don't have the funds. So I'm like, what the hell is going on here? All this money is gone, but neither of us have it. But then I contacted, uh, I don't have, I still have no idea what happened, but I contacted Venmo and they're like, ah, oops. And they, they're like, it'll, you'll get it in the next few days. I'm like, great. So then I got the money back. I sent it to rich again. He confirmed he has it. So we're all caught up. Um, except I owe him some sort of interest now for that month, that month, uh, loan he gave me. Um, so finally taken care of. So welcome to Raf Kaff, who's in the chat. We got Steven Somerville in the chat. Who else do we have? Davi Liao, who I hope I am pronouncing your name right. Who we always, we always uh, converse with on, on Twitter. Um, all right. So we'll, 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 we'll uh, confer a little bit more of the chat once we get I to actually listen to the album. We're, we're almost there, but uh, the lead up. So, so you, we're talking on the rings of Russian Fox, but I would, it took me a while before I figured out that the, on the wings of a Russian fox bat was many different. Uh, there's many, many, many different releases of it. But basically, this you're, what you're going to be hearing today is about um, uh, just a couple of weeks before the band actually finally breaks up. This is one of the last shows they played in the U.S. before shooting over to 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 the U.K. to to do a five show tour in the U.K. Um, uh, there's a lot of releases about this. Some of them where they, they talk about the lead up to this, where Coverdale was really like adamant that they should change the name of the band because he didn't feel it should be called Deep Purple anymore. Um, but management mm. was like, nope, we got too much invested into Deep Purple. It's too much of a brand. You, you guys are going to be Deep Purple. Um, How about White Snake? <laughs> I have- well, his suggestions were Good Company, which is like a parody name, <laughs> Purple or The Deeps. Um yeah, he hadn't. I guess he was holding a white snake in his pocket, as it were. Um, until yeah, it sounds like he was uh, keeping his best ideas to himself at that. Point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, I, when I go solo, that's going to be my. Uh, he probably was holding on to that since he was like twelve. Um, so the, the show you're about to hear was originally broadcast on the King Biscuit Flower Hour, which was an American radio radio show where they they played live concerts. Um, and it was a weekly show, and everybody was on the show, like Black Sabbath, Genesis, John Lennon, go down the list, everybody that was anybody. Um, fans of the show called it The Biscuit. <laughs> I like that. Um, and the, uh, uh, the runners of the show uh, did things a little differently, and I think you're going to really hear that when you get in, when we get into the recording. Um, a lot of other shows just took, like, if they were going to broadcast something something uh, live they just broadcasted it directly from the soundboard but they multi-tracked everything and then would give the recordings to the artists and say you can do this whatever you want so Hmm. they got a really good recording and um this uh wasn't released until uh, 1995 officially but it was immediately released in 1977 as a bootleg and it became a very popular bootleg and the name of the bootleg was uh, was on the wings of a Russian fox bat. So I can, and uh, the, the bootleg packaging is just as uh, confusing, which I'm going to get up on the screen right here. So um, 
So it features like a bunch of Chinese soldiers for whatever reason, because it's called On the Wings of a Russian Fox Bat. Um, but it, it, it's, it became like really legendary because uh, everybody was really uh, because the sound quality was just so good. Usually these bootlegs were uh, less than stellar with their sound quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so this be- kind of gained legendary status and you can see kind of the writing at the bottom there um, and just kind of the blank little record label. Here's a signed copy, which is kind of cool. It's a it's a signed bootleg signed by Glenn Hughes, John Lord, and Ian Pace. Nice. Um, and then uh, uh, finally, in 1995, it got this official release, um, and that was the cover, which was um, uh, I I'm not sure who took the photos. It might have been Finn, Finn Costello. Well, I know that that um, Tommy photo was a Finn Costello. So some of the photos are from like the rehearsal up there, the Tommy Bolin photo, and some of them are live pictures of the band playing. So this was like the first 1995 uh, British release. Uh, the one that I got was this one, the Deep Purple in Concert, King Biscuit Flower Hour with uh, the smoke on the stage and Coverdale oh, okay. Hughes. Um, I have that. I have that one. So I guess I do have it under a different name. So I have heard it. Yeah. And I think that's where the disconnect comes because it was named something completely different. So they went with the, the name of the bootleg was on the wings of a Russian Fox bat, which we'll get into in a little bit. The, the the U S version was uh, King biscuit flower hour, uh, deep purple. And then there was a, uh, a second version of this, which is similar, similar photo King biscuit flower hour. So, so in my opinion, um, this is just my speculation, um, they released this in three different ways and real and realized all of these names have ridiculous all of these uh, releases have ridiculous silly names. King Biscuit Flower Hour on the wings of a Russian fox bat. Um, so in 2003, they released it as Deep Purple live at Long Beach Arena, which is <laughs> slightly more normal, which. Yeah, it tells you what it is. It even says the time. February 27th, 1976, Friday evening at 8 p.m. So there you go. And you've got more like the film strip style pictures. Really cool pictures. Then they release it again in 2009. Uh, uh, live at Long Beach with this kind of uh, with the vintage artwork from the bootleg, which had kind of got gained notoriety. So they're kind of going back to the bootleg artwork. Um, then it was released uh, a second time in Britain as live at Long Beach with a more kind of almost mimicking made in Japan uh, cover. And then the live soundboard series was the the last release that I can find 2016 live Long Beach 1976. So they have the Deep Purple uh, live series. There's also one of Mark II from 1971 um from the series so uh this is a kind of a more it's a it's a really great picture just of coverdale screaming and uh the deep purple logo so it kind of calmed down with the the crazy artwork um so then there's there's some information in here which uh before we get into it uh why on the wings of a russian fox bat like what the hell does that mean well Simon Robinson writes in the, I think on the wings of a Russian Fox bat release or the King Biscuit Flower Hour. I don't know which one. Uh, he says, go on, Uncle Simon. Why on the wings of a Russian Fox bat? 
Well, when that bootleg first came out, the Cold War was still raging. The U.S. military had just got wind of a new Ruski MiG jet fighter, which was said to knock the socks off of anything they currently flew at the time. One day, a Russian pilot defected flying into a Japanese airport in one of the planes, codenamed Foxbat. Of course you can have it back, came the cry, just as soon as we measure every damn nut and bolt on it. Well, that's roughly the story. It was nearly 20 years ago, so don't quote me. Um, so... And that doesn't really answer anything. <laughs> it does answer like what Foxbat is, but I, I, what I would guess is uh, because they they kind of uh, stole this jet, this this like high quality jet, and were like holding it hostage and or whatever, keeping it. Um, they were kind of saying like it came in on the wings of one of these one of these jet fighters because this is like an illegal bootleg. That's my interpretation. Um, hmm. Maybe I'm dead wrong. Who knows. Um, <clears throat> But with that, um, there is a very long instrumental section in here where we'll get into our next group of patrons during the instrumental. But we're pretty much just going to listen to this uh, uninterrupted unless we need a, a break or for whatever reason. So are you ready to get into this one? Are we everybody? Yeah, yeah, everybody. Are yeah. we? <laughs> of course we are. <laughs> then we have to wait for. 30 seconds in silence till it gets to them and they can respond. All right. <laughs> here we go on the wings of a Russian fox bat. Well, of the crowd noise. And of course, they're going to kick it off with Burn. Right. Hopefully, everything, everyone's hearing that. Ah, Jonathan Headland's in the chat. Welcome. Johnny Headline, as they call him. Rock and roll. <laughs> Rock and roll. It's probably the best quality Mark IV recording live. In my Sounds opinion. Sounds pretty great so far. The, the fidelity on the crowd noise is chef's kiss. Huh. Here we go. That's when you know shit's starting up. <laughs> it's getting real. Riffs are, are on inbound. <laughs> Alan, what? Alan Begg's already whooping in the chat. It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting hearing how he plays the riff. Like it's got this that little bit of a little more of a swing to it. Michael Catan asking if there's a DVD of this. Sadly, no, that would be incredible. Mm-hmm. There he goes. Ow, ow. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> a cover deal used to do that whooping. I feel like he enunciates cl- more clearly in this one. 
Yeah, yeah, he is singing it a little differently than I'm used to. <laughs> Alan begs asking if David or Glenn are in the chat. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, and Rich said earlier that he uh, used to listen to King Biscuit. The Biscuit! I wonder if the Gardot listened to the, the Biscuit. It's a fresh biscuit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rich gets the stale biscuit. <laughs> no, wait, I got the stale biscuit. Oh, that was Rich you. Was That's right. the fresh one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get you a fresh biscuit. Here's here's I have the the original King Biscuit one, the other one, but I have this one. Too. I couldn't find the my original one anywhere. But I found this one. The classic uh double double disc here. And there there's the nice. biscuit. Lord's really l- cutting loose on this on this solo. Looks more like a potato than a biscuit. Does he like actually just kick the amp or maybe it's like the echoplex that does that? I don't know, but it just sounds like they're too rattling. I can only see me up there in the stream. Is anybody able to see John in the stream? I might have to go back to the other uh, monitor here. I think. I think only when I'm talking. Oh, it doesn't show us both at the same time? No. Hmm, that's weird. In my my shared window, it shows us both, but all right. I really like how he... The spin he puts on the solo. So Mike Catan just let me know that he he is Mike in CLE that we we read his his uh, podcast review a few episodes back. I just didn't make the connection that it was that Mike. So thank you, Mike. But you haven't heard it yet. But on, a, on one of the episodes coming before this one comes out, we will you will get some flexitone love.
Davey in the chat says that Coverdale's still recording from Saint, uh, recovering from St. Patrick's Day. I don't know if you saw his St. Patrick's Day video he sent out. Did you? I didn't see it. <laughs> it's like it's a lot like his same energy as his Christmas one. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he was all dressed in green. <laughs> of course. I just happened to pick out a green shirt yesterday when I went to work, and I'm like, well, this is um, very fortuitous. I, 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 I finished my, like, 20-year streak of always forgetting. <laughs> Even though I worked late yesterday, I got, my kids were wearing green when they left, and I just went to, got to work, and everyone was wearing green. I was like, oh, yeah, forgot. Oh, well. Thank you. <laughs> Having a little laugh there. Good to be back with you. We're gonna be doing some songs for you. We're gonna do some. <laughs> going to be? <laughs> it sounds like you just did. Thank you. We're gonna feature a song from Tommy's album, Teaser. We're gonna give you some songs from Burn, Storm, Ring of Main in Japan, Machine Head. Wow. It's like, it's like at a meeting when they show you the agenda beforehand. <laughs> Here's what we're gonna yeah, talk right. about today. <laughs> I'm going to do a song for you the new album, a song about a lady who sells herself for money. Like 90% of all rock songs from the 70s. Own up, gentlemen, we love them. <laughs> Own up, gentlemen, we love them. song called Lady Love. <laughs> Own up, gentlemen, we love them. <laughs> oh, David, here's a song for you. <laughs> Have we ever, I don't think I've ever heard a live version of this, or not in a while, anyway. It's pretty good. I mean, I think I've heard th this one. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think of what, so this one doesn't have what, I've heard, I mean, I actually own this, so I've, I've heard it before. I haven't heard it in a long time. I'm trying to think of which live, somebody in the chat will know, but there's one where they do wild dogs live I've got that one around somewhere too but yeah I think that was the um, I've heard that one yeah <laughs> Jonathan in the chat here's a sandwich for you <laughs> here's a dirty grinder for you I'm getting a warning in YouTube that the, the stream rate, the bit rate is too low. So let me let me know how the quality is in the in the chat. Yeah, and it's like uh, Glenn's like matching him and the, the, he's saying "Lady Luck." You can hear it a little more clearly than on the album. Oh, he's got his envelope filter on. Glenn's getting funky. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hughes was really favoring those, like, really just kind of like um, holding those high notes there. Yeah, so Lady Luck was on the last concert in Japan, and Wild Dogs must be what I'm thinking of because that's also on last yeah. concert in Japan. But yeah, the quality of this recording is excellent. Like, they are playing very well and the, the sound the quality of it is is great I 
Yeah, there, there are little things here and there, like you can hear with like the vocals and stuff like that, but it's like, that's what I like as opposed to the official release live albums. This is that it's kind of leaving in the rawness. Yeah, right. Oh, Philip Baxter in the chat. Thank you. Last concert in Japan or the the la- this time around live uh, has a good take on Wild Dogs. And that's one of those ones I think that has a million names like Phoenix Rising and a hundred different names for that one, too. We're going to do a song for you. This is a song that's off the album. It's a new single from Deep Purple. It's a song that features Glenn Hughes. He wrote the song with Tommy Bowling. A rock and roll song called Get In Tighter! Oh, Nate, you're going to be excited. Open it with a bang. I don't think, this I don't think I've heard live. There's a few good versions of it live. I'm interested to well, interested to see how they, that breakdown sounds live. It's a 13-minute um, version of Getting Tighter, so you, you know it's going to be... <laughs> that breakdown's going to be a little lengthy. <laughs> oh, boy. People who had the album were like, wait, when's Getting Tighter going to start? Uh, Charles Bark, uh, Charles Baker, rather, in the chat is saying uh, uh, the first White Snake lineup performed Lady Luck for the BBC in Par- at the Paris Theater in 1978. So that would be a good one too. Really getting themselves into a groove here. I like it. This would have been the show to be at, I think, for Mark IV. If anyone can think of a better Mark IV live performance, they gotta let us know. And unfortunately, well, they released like not, not last concert in Japan. Yeah, they released <laughs> that one. Here we go. But. <laughs> 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 I think when Hughes does that, that's like the 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 bass equivalent to him going. (laughs) (laughs) Davey said it's it's nice of DC to say it's by Deep Purple, the song. (laughs) I wonder what Coverdale's doing during this song. Well, I think you'll find that... uh, he spends a lot of time off stage. <laughs> it's <laughs> he's probably he's probably backstage banging some bitches. <laughs> exactly. What John said. <laughs> I mean, even for a 13-minute version of getting tighter, that'd be great if they just put in a Coverdale section in the middle. <laughs> Alan asks, "Is he playing the tambourine?" But yeah, he's not. A, he's not like a Gillen. He doesn't go back there and, and shake the tambourine. He just. He just. He just jets. <laughs> oh, it looks like Coverdale was singing some backup there. Unless that was Tommy. That might be Tommy. Yeah, my, that's Tommy. Oh, listen to that. 
Wow. A little more up-tempo than on the record. If it's even possible. That was hot as shit. I don't mind saying it. Wow. <laughs> Davey in the chat says, Coverdale's on the phone with Moody and Marston. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I only see myself having another couple of weeks with this band. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, Hughes' voice overall is not the best it's ever been. No, and that's funny. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, the, um, unfortunately he was in the throes of, you know, really beginning the worst part of his, his addiction. And, um, yeah, now he would just be completely nailing the song 50 years later. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I figure, like, you know, there read a lot of uh, stories about how the, the album was like a struggle for him to record, so I'm not surprised he didn't sound his best on this tour. Right. I think they just like wheeled him out on a dolly and like just, here's your envelope. I mean, I w I'd be interested to know what gear he's using, but it sounds like an envelope filter. Maybe he's using a wah pedal, I don't know. I don't know what it is that pissed me off. It sounds like you said something pissed him off. Yeah, good point. He's saying it's not his live Sabbath vocals. Yeah, that was probably the low point, unfortunately, for him. Mm. Now, imagine if you're a Deep Purple or maybe like a casual Deep Purple fan and you'd gone to see them like three years earlier and then you show up to this show and you're like, <laughs> you're like checking your ticket stuff. They keep saying they're Deep Purple, but like, am I at a Deep Purple? Is this really Deep Purple? Like, you Is this one of the openers? Like, when is Deep Purple coming on? <laughs> you know, they come? He keeps really plugging Deep... This guy on stage keeps really talking Deep Purple up. That's cool. Girl, the last time that I saw him was 1967. This doesn't sound like them at all. <laughs> yeah. 67. We got in early on that one. Yeah, but this is, uh, yeah, you're not wrong. This is some hot shit. Oh, great. And this is the kind of stuff you want to see live. Nice, nice little jam. But like some yeah, of the we're albums. Talking Mark IV, like this is, this is what we signed up for. Oh, he's got like an octaver now. He's. Either that or Glenn's matching him, maybe. I feel like it, it's yeah. that. Yeah, first I thought he was had an octaver pedal. Go check social. Yep. Wow. They're, they're, dare I say, getting tighter with this matching. 
Trout seems to be loving it. Like this opening band's really giving Deep Purple a run for their money. <laughs> Davey says, this is a funk fusion band. Where's the Jesus dude? <laughs> Glenn starts feeling himself and just ad-libbing all these vocals. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling so good. John Lord's in the back with Coverdale now. Maybe Bolin. It's just it's just Hughes and Pace. Pace never gets a break, unfortunately. I think this is his break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is how he winds down. Just by feeling himself and playing some funky bass. There's one of these liner notes in here where Lord was really talking up Glenn as a bass player. I think I've got the quote here somewhere. Well, it's true. I mean, his um, his bass playing certainly didn't suffer all that much. Yeah, Lord says, what you had here was an astonishingly good bass player, even stoned, one of the world's greatest rock drummers, and a Hammond next to the name of Mr. Hammond. I don't know what he meant by that. I, I knew what I was doing. I was feeling very strong with my abilities at that time. Just those three, it, it couldn't have been bad. But then you get Coverdale, who is really finding himself by this time, and Tommy playing, smashing stuff. It's not surprising that it sounds good. The only thing that held it back was being called Deep Purple. If it had been a new band, my God, it would have set the world on fire. And I guess that's part of the danger of doing something like this. Is that if people are associating it with your earlier stuff, they're just like, they're not... You, you have a hard time finding new fans, and your old fans maybe don't dig it as much. Whereas people would, who would have really loved it just wrote it off because like, ah, I'm not that into Deep Purple. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess historically now, I'm glad it's Deep Purple. Maybe at the time, it would have been more detrimental. So to speak. Yeah. But I still I still argue that if you if you love Deep Purple and all of the um, versatility that they brought that why wouldn't you love this as much as you would love any other version of Deep Purple? I think there's a core amount of fans, a solid amount that just like you know, in Rock to Machine Head, basically, and that's and made in Japan. That's like the sum total of what they know about Deep Purple, what they like about it, and they really, really liked that, but don't dig a lot of the other stuff. And for 50 years, I've been waiting for them to do a Machine Head again, and they're just not going to do it. Rock 
<laughs> and it's kind of cool. I mean, if you've ever been in a band and done like a lengthy jam session like that, this is kind of how it devolves into it just... Um, You, you start finding these grooves and start mirroring what the other guys are playing, and it's, it's, it's cool. It's got a great feeling to it. Yeah, Rich said, uh, drum stop and bad things happen. Rich is not digging the uh, breakdown. I got bad news for you. What's going to happen later, Rich? <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> this was nothing. <laughs> That's why we're going to thank the patrons later. That only takes about a minute. Oh, yeah. Good call. Ralph Kaff is saying like the rehearsals, they kind of jam on a similar um, riff for the in, the in the Days May Come. Uh, come taste the band rehearsals. Which is another great little weird bootleg. Well, official sort of bootleg. <laughs> oh. Um. What? I think um. Bart Robinson's in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bart. You're <laughs> I got bad news for you, Bart. <laughs> Ooh, there's a lot of those guys in this. <laughs> God bless you. I'm going to do a song for you. It's a song that was written by Tommy Bowler and me. This is on the new album. The song features John Lord on synthesizer for Magic Fingers going. <laughs> Magic Fingers. All right. It's a song for you called Love Child. Mm. And it's pretty incredible. They're they're just they haven't done anything from Mark II yet. I mean they will next. They did burn. But they're really nothing they're playing so far is more than, you know, two years old. <laughs> Axe Fiend says Every time Glenn goes woo Take a drink <laughs> Oh Alright Well I I just have water here But I'll I'll do that I'm I'm, I'm looking for like Hughes going Woo And Coverdale going Ow It's got a different feel to it than on the album. I mean, this section anyway. That's a nice one. <laughs> <laughs> the chat is getting ridiculous. <laughs> the chat's off the rails. I love it. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is too good. 
bloop. Take a drink every time you hear bloop. <laughs> or bloop. And you're dead. Just switching it up a little bit on the synth solo. Yeah, the chat's off the rails saying that they they only like the Cetriani era of Deep Purple. Davi says he's more into the Randy California era. (laughs) Era. (laughs) (laughs) That one show. Well, you'd have those like contrarians who are contrarian, like like the video you sent earlier about, or or, or was it you or? No, yeah, it was you. Me. Uh, The guy that says the Beatles are... He had the hot take about the Beatles being no good, but he likes Nickelback. You know, it's the people that just love to have the hot takes for hot take's sake. There'll be people that say, yeah. the only thing I really liked by Deep Purple was the Randy California show. That came out like, <laughs> it came out like a year ago. <laughs> wow. Everything else they did just paled in comparison. Lord's going off the deep end. I love it. This is a good shit. So last time we did a live stream, it was immediately banned by YouTube. So I don't know if this one will be banned. Like if you'll be able to watch it after. If not, this will be episode 156 whenever the heck that comes out. But guys, it's a bootleg. Come on. <laughs> it How was be boot- violating any terms with an illegally recorded show from 45 years ago. <laughs> It's um, April 11th, it'll come out, so there you go. I'm trying to remember what the last live one was that got banned. When we did the live, what did we do the live stream with? What were we doing? I don't even remember. It, it was definitely another live album. Soon we'll be able to do this with a, uh, a live video performance, which will be interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah Grace is very Bolin influenced. They're tight. They're sounding tight. Ow. He went, ow, I took a drink. Yeah, Davey has a good point here. Well, let's hear what Coverdale has to say first. We're going to do a song for you off an album that was made in Switzerland. The song tells the story. Cheers. The song tells the story about what happened while the album was being made. And for Smoke f- on the water. Yeah, and for 50 years, people continually ask, what's the story about that song being made? <laughs> it also concerns Frank Zappa and the Mothers. Anyway, the album was called Machine Head, and Tommy Bowlin's gonna be. Anyway. 
He's giving that Tommy Boland swing to it. Did he say, did you shiver? Yeah, Davey is imagining in the chat what, how funky the 77 and 78 Deep Purple albums would have been if they continued on this trajectory. Right? They would have gone full on like Donna Summer. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that in one of our Glenn Hughes episodes. Like he, I think it all must have been four on the floor. Imagine what, if he had been in more control of his faculties, he could have been a sensation. Honestly, the, the, the interpretation of the music is pretty good, like uh, Bolin's riff and everything, but it's like, I just think that this song was just not suited to like cover Dale and Hughes' vocals. Because you remember when we heard the, the live Gillen version that he did in the late 70s and yeah. like the Gillen band version, it was like awesome and it was totally different take. Yeah, and they did a, yeah, they, they changed up the, the, the instrumentation much more than Deep Purple's doing here. Yeah. But I, I also think it's just kind of what they said is that they didn't really enjoy necessarily doing the, the these songs because they don't feel the same connection to them, which makes sense. It's like at this point, they're not putting the same passion because they're just doing a cover in their eyes. Well, I think it actually suits Hughes' vocals a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. I never really liked during this time how, like, Coverdale was, like, introducing the older songs, like, oh, this was about a song uh, written in Switzerland. It's got Frank Zappa and the Mothers. It's like, I don't know, it just sounded kind of, like, cheesy. He's, like, reading off of, it's kind of like the beginning. Okay, here's the agenda for today. Yeah. We're going to do Burn, then we're going to do a song, <laughs> two songs from the new album. Then we're going to have a 15-minute break. We're going to break for like lunch Ryan. at 12 o'clock. And we're going to come back. We're going to get into some breakout groups. But I mean, it's like um, it's <laughs> we're going to do some breakout groups. <laughs> we're going to do some exercises. Uh, but it almost sounds like, you know, Rod Evans in the boat, uh, the new Deep Purple. Like this is from our album, Machine Head. <laughs> like what? You weren't on that. I love how he just keeps those little repeating riffs going to the point where it's like, is he going to mess it up? <laughs> you start getting in your own head if you play something that fast repeatedly, you know? And Davey makes a really good point, which is that DC is not a storyteller and Ian is. No. He's not like a storyteller songwriter. I can't think of a single... Well, York's in the chat. He could correct me very easily, but... I can't think of a, a, a David Coverdale song where he's straight up telling a story the way that Gillen is in this one. His songs are a little bit more abstract, which is fine with me. I really generally do not care for storytelling songs. Davey's on fire in the chat. He said Rod Evans needs to come back and do some whoosh tracks. 
This is. That'd be great if he. Imagine if he tried it again. He, it's like Rod. He Rod Evans starts touring his Deep Purple. Here's a song from our new album, Whoosh. It's called Nothing at All. <laughs> like Rod, you're at it again. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Roll Rod. He's at it again. He's up to his old tricks. <laughs> he comes out in the spacesuit. <laughs> Rich's favorite part of the song will be coming up soon. Lord's just playing his ass off back there. It's probably the best part of the song. <laughs> Rod Evans new band Peep Durple. Wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> it be great if Rod was just like silently playing like some nightclub shows out in California, like somewhere, but under a different name, like nobody even realized who it was? Not doing any Deep Purple material or anything. He's been doing it for 20 years at like these small little intimate clubs. You never know. Happy and bald headed, that's all we know. <laughs> Here you go, Rich. This is for you. Rich just said, oh, balls. <laughs> Bathroom break. <laughs> yeah. Well, only got about two minutes left. <laughs> but it's going to be two minutes of that, Rich. <laughs> I remember there's like interviews with Coverdale where he's kind of also complaining about this, like, Ah, Glenn is singing George on his mind, and I... He kind of, like, storms off stage for a while. Storms off stage. Damn it, he's at it again. When I saw him on the Deep Purple, um... Classics tour a few years ago, like the version that he did of this that night, though, was pretty flawless. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's funny, he's sounding pretty good right now. He sounded rough at the beginning of the show, but it's like he kind of like needed a, f- a few songs to warm up. Which I don't know if I don't know if Glenn is the kind of guy that's doing like vocal exercises or whatever. Or, um, but he came out sounding strong when we saw him. Davey said the 
the new bass player in White Snake is uh, is was a missed opportunity to hire back Nick Simper. <laughs> that would have been incredible. A pretty brief version of Georgia on my mind. Now we're going into a longer section of the of the performance here. We're going to do a song for you that features John Lord and also the wonderful talents of Mr. Ian Pace on drums. Here's a song for you called Lazy. It'd be, it'd be cool if they don't introduce, they don't have to introduce every song, you know, like you let the crowd figure yeah. it out. But yeah, Mark Four doing lazy is interesting. Um, yeah, have I ever heard Mark Four do lazy? I don't think so. You have if you've heard this. Um, but then I haven't heard it, <laughs> or at least not for a very long time. Really interesting set list. It is a really cool set list. And so this is lazy that goes into Homeward Strut. And then also has an organ and drum solo in it. So it's, this is a lot going on in this in this performance. And it's funny because my copy of it says that this is lazy and the grind. Like a lot of a lot of copies of this incorrectly say it's the grind, but they do homeward strut. And um, it's also funny because it's on this one. It says. Uh, where is it? Oh, yeah. So later on, it says the guitar solo with Tommy Bolin. It's just one M. <laughs> Tommy. Tommy. <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> Tommy Bolin. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny that they got his name wrong and they got the song wrong. It'd be incredible if you had this kind of level of quality of more concerts out there. And that's kind of cool about this era is there's all these like hidden gems that you can find that are actually listenable. There's so many that are you can are, you can barely make out what's going on. Yeah. Now I've got like a little recorder that's this big. I can bring to a show and just plop on the on the ground and get a 10 times better recording than whatever tape decks they were bringing or reel to reels they were bringing to shows back then. It, it's true. The, the shows that you recorded are pretty pretty good quality yeah it's, it's funny yeah they, they keep yeah introducing all the tracks and all the band members um it is also featuring R2D2 <laughs> yeah. here's some R2D2 for ya <laughs> here's some droids for ya these are the droids you're looking for. Let's go. Uh, York says introducing songs is some, some is some of the only things that David Coverdale can do in these shows. <laughs> Maybe he's, yeah, he's feeling like he's missing the limelight, so he gives these big long introductions. Mm. Yeah, this isn't your this isn't your father's lazy. 
<laughs> and it's funny because it's still John Lord doing the intro. It's not even like it's it's because the other guys are doing crazy stuff. Yeah, and a great point that I think we've made before and that needs to continually be made is like, it's interesting that they never. Ooh, listen to that. It sounds like Billy Preston. That was great. But it's weird that they never attempted like childhood time with Glenn Hughes. Like he could have easily done it. Yeah, you know, that's that's actually a good point. Have we ever talked about that? I think we've talked about it on past like probably a long time ago. But I mean, it's because he would have been able, he would have been able to do it then and now. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't do that and then like funkify it up, you know? Sweet charm and turn. You know. I'm saying you. <laughs> That'd be great. I love it. <laughs> and he's got the Moog watching overtime. There you go. <laughs> this, is, this isn't your father's. This isn't your mama's lazy. This isn't your papa's lazy. Maybe he's gonna warm. It's like lazy, like he's warming up. Two thousand. Warming up the organ now. I think to to, to kick into it. You're like uh, Space Odyssey, two thousand one, lazy. <laughs> I mean, this is probably their attempt to update it with the direction the band had gone in at this point. Crowd's going wild. <laughs> 2001, a lazy odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> They're debating uh, whether uh, Lucas was at one of the shows and, and came up with the idea for R2-D2 when he heard Lord's uh, organ solo. <laughs> the audience is maybe maybe starting to get wise to what's coming here and clapping. Well, yeah, if I was in the audience up to, up to this point, I'd be like, fuck is this song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why Coverdale's introducing it. He's like, these guys yeah. are going off the rails on this tour so far. I better introduce every song so you know what to expect. People mm -hmm. don't just walk out because they think this is going to be like this for another hour. Scott wrote. What's that? I miss my Commodore. <laughs> uh, what is it, a Commodore Amiga? The Commodore make the Amiga? I had a Commodore 64. Derek used to have the Amiga. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 
<laughs> Star Wars was going to be called Space Trucking. <laughs> have the chat on every show. They're giving us great material here. Wow, he's really jazzing it up, Bolin. Oh, hell yeah. Sounds like something off a spectrum, which I never would think of, like, lazy being in that category. But kind of has that same drum beat. Yeah, yeah, right. Doing his best Billy Cobham. Here's some Billy Cobham for you. <laughs> yeah, Davey says Coverdale sang the names of the tracks to help the bootleggers. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys writing this down? <laughs> it's going to be really helpful <laughs> when you're converting this. <laughs> I kind of dig this uh, this version of Lazy. It's pretty cool. Although, I guess we'll see what happens with the vocal start. No, harmo- no harmonica from Coverdale. You stay in bed. You don't want no money. You don't want no bread. Touch no straw. Touch no straw. Want no money. Want no bread no more. You lazy. Stay in bed. It works for the the bluesiness of Coverdale's voice. I feel like Coverdale could have gone a little bluesier on it. I, mean, I love hearing the dynamics you get on this recording too and that's mm-hmm. kind of like what we love about you know mistreated and the california jam we could hear a fly landing on one of his strings and then all of a sudden they just kick it into complete overdrive and that's that's one of the cool things about being at a live show is hearing that when they bring it down like that and even when we went to go see them these last two times you didn't really hear much of that it was mostly most just loud and at the same volume even live mm-hmm it's pretty cool when they, they break it down to the point where it's so quiet you could like have a conversation with somebody if you wanted and then kick it back in. <laughs> York says Coverdale is also helping the bootleggers when he mentions what town they're in. <laughs> and Gillen doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to top the Gillen version of Lazy, but... Makes you wonder. This is uh, this is good because it's different. I mean, after years of hearing lazy the way that we know it, (laughs) Rich just fell asleep. (laughs) He said he fell asleep and asked if he missed Georgia on my mind. (laughs) (laughs) You're lucky, Rich. You lucked out. You did. That's good. (laughs) 
it's just so cool because you can imagine what Blackmore would be playing over this, and it would not be anything like this. It's cool that I, I, I love hearing the different styles. We could do a whole episode breaking down like the, the Morse Blackmore and Bolin version of lazy solos. Maybe even a two-parter. This is definitely like full on like spectrum. That sounds like yeah. But it's it's good to hear like um oh, this, this Tommy Bolin kind of getting his getting his uh, his kind of his voice heard, so to speak, in here. Not that he wasn't a huge influence over this era. pace at the perhaps the peak of his powers <clears throat> I think that what really obviously frustrated pace and Lord and Coverdale's that they were all <laughs> they're all, they all killing it musically and these other guys are like struggling I mean it's like they were killing it musically some nights and then other nights uh, not so much mm, inconsistent yeah Yes, good point. I should not compare Blackmore. We probably will get like canceled by the Deep Purple community if we even dared to compare Blackmore solos with Bolin and Moore solos. Be a lot of people chiming in to, to tell us that um, not Blackmore. It's not purple without Blackmore. Getting a really nice stereo mix on those drums too. It sounds really good. Sounds like he's having more toms than normal. <laughs> a lot of toms. I was thinking that. I never hear him go. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cool because, like, in later, well, in earlier shows, they would do space trucking and it would just devolve into like a gigantic. It would be the same length as this, but it would be this giant jam and everything and I kind of like the idea that they start with a solo they work in a song they throw in another solo it's going to go into another song and then presumably I don't remember maybe end with lazy again so it's kind of cool that to, to do it that way rather than just having those breaks and saying okay here's the time for the for the drum solo yeah. and it kind of like blends into it you don't even know exactly where it begins the classic speed up that kick drum Rich says this is the best vocal part of the album (laughs) 
Andrew's saying that Hughes doing Child in Time would be not a good thing. I mean, I think it would... <laughs> if he could keep... If you could re- somehow reel him in and rein him in, it could be great. But mm-hmm. yeah, he might... Uh, I think his, his style would be more like, well, if Ian's going to hit this note, I'm going to go three octaves above that. <laughs> mm-hmm, and Ian's true. going high enough as it is. There's got to be two drummers there at some point. Somebody's coming in and giving him some backup. That's a good point there. Just coming off of what they just went through, like, what, a month earlier in Indonesia with everything that happened. I mean, they were only... They started this tour in November... Here it is January. They've, you know, almost been killed. They lost somebody in Indonesia and almost killed trying to leave the country and arrested and every other thing. So, yeah, this is a lot mentally to deal with. Yeah, it's a good point. Is Yeah, the pace in Bonham uh, could make a bass, single bass drum sound like a double. Yeah, getting that that sign up. My my buddy Scott can play that that like that on the kick drum, and just watching his foot is like incredible. You get that like little spring to it. It's incredible how you can get a double bass sound out of it. Nice. we go. Listen to that. Yeah, like how would anybody even really identify this as being Deep Purple a few years earlier if they heard it? Well, while they get this this uh, groove going on, we're going to thank our core level patrons. Coming in at the $7.77 Keep It Warm Rat tier, Michael Vader. At the episode 666 tier, Steve Coldwell, Arthur Smith, Anton Gleaving, and Mike Catan. Oh man, you usually don't have such a funky background of this. The nice price tier, $5.99, Fielding Fowler, Robert Smith, and Peter from Illinois. At the $5 money lender tier, John Convery, German Heindel, Adrian Hernandez, Jesper Alman, Alexi the Perfect Stranger Slepikoff, James North, Mark Hodgetts, Will Porter, Zwopper the Electric Alchemist, and Tim Southern Cross Johnson. Thank you so much to all of you guys. Some of you that are here right now, like Adrian, thank you. Nikatan, thank you. Maybe some of you all with assumed names, who knows? If there are any patrons in the chat right now that are using like uh, screen names or alternate names you'll have to let us know unless you want to remain anonymous that's fine they're really feeling themselves with this funk jam maybe that's all they do is just that little snippet of lazy which is kind of cool just throwing in a little snippet like that 
Oof, Scott learned how to play fireball with one foot. Foot must be sore, still. Michael Catan says he's going to stay anonymous for now. We'll never figure out who that guy is. Yeah, Coverdale may have been off, off stage for 10 minutes or so at this point. kind of break this up with the the rest of the tracks on this are going to be uh longish but this is the uh this is the absolute killer track yeah this is the epic michael Catan saying this is one of their top 10 albums hot take alert Ooh. Raf Calf wonders if Leaky Mausoleum is on the chat. We may never know. I like how Leaky Mausoleum is like the um, the mascot for the made-up names, <laughs> and every anyone <laughs> references anyone. They're like Leaky Mausoleum. <laughs> it is very memorable. My my favorite current favorite is still Sugar Tits. <laughs> current wow, well it's it's very recent. I don't think anybody on the chat even knows that uh, Sugar Tits is a, is a uh, patron yet. I don't know if that, that episode's aired. Whoops. Disregard. Oh, spoiler alert. Well, if you're listening to this on the stream, you're, you're already familiar. You've heard me forced to say it at least a couple times. Yeah, that little home, homeward strut uh, thing is really nice. And it's great hearing... John Lord play it. Damn, their money's worth on that performance. So long ago, you forgot to mention John Lord. <laughs> you forgot that that happened. <laughs> uh. All right, here we go. I'm going to do a couple of new songs before we do uh, any more off Machine Head or Stormbringer or whatever. A couple of new <laughs> songs or whatever. <laughs> uh, this is especially for friend Stevie Wonder. This one's called This Time A-Round. I'm A-Round. <laughs> Seven minutes. (laughs) 
Mike Gatan just keeps coming up with the hot takes. <laughs> I think you just got to be in the right frame of mind for what you're listening to. Yeah, of course. You face a crime to pay the cost would never be the same. Oh, he's really uh, interesting hearing John Lord playing on the organ rather than the piano. I think we should do a welfare check on Rich, make sure he's awake. <laughs> and on Coverdale. <laughs> we, we've heard from Rich more recently than Coverdale. <laughs> oh, there he is. Rich, not Coverdale. As I look around, you can be found to lose you. I would rather to the endless time of space go Ugh, this part blows. He's really trying to get at he's trying to get me with the hot takes. <laughs> Don't shoot the messenger, but this is better than any album since Perfect Strangers. <laughs> The, uh, Davi's saying the uh, the John Lord concert tribute version from 2014 blows this one away. It's, it's definitely a different take. It's also Glenn Hughes doing the absolute most vocal acrobatics he can. <laughs> that was very sultry. As I look. <laughs> Sultry hues. Everybody's hating on this song. Oh. David said David Coverdale is backstage writing lyrics for North Winds while this is going on. <laughs> The Gardot is multitasking. Yeah, jo- uh, some people are, jo- are joining us on an important work call. They're pointing about that this time around. It's yeah, I think it's a hard one to do live. I mean, I mean, it, it wasn't bad. No, well, <laughs> let's read the chat. Well, <laughs> well 
I mean, I mean, I, it wasn't like I mean, we like you and I like the song anyway. Yeah. So I mean, I don't say this version was like intolerable. I mean, it was like it, it's, it was it's hard to create the kind of the magic from the record from the album because it's you're not even doing the instrumentation correctly. But I mean, it's in, it's interesting. But but then Ode to G comes in and it's great. Yeah, this is, I think, maybe one of the flaws of the Mark IV lineup is that, yeah, you get, while we joke about Richie refused, Richie refusing to do things sometimes was a good censor for what the band may have done had he not refused. Like, they would have just gone on in the middle of the day at the California Jam. He wouldn't have that, that great dark sunset feeling to it. <laughs> Ivan, have you? <laughs> Ivan's going back to his great life. <laughs> have fun, man. You can always catch up on the rest of it on the episode. <laughs> Where's a plate of spaghetti when you need one? I like how they really bring that down. A little feedback there. really did some noodling on that one I leave you in the capable hands of Mr. Tommy Bolin Mr. Tommy Bolin everybody it's interesting they never mentioned the ode to G part on this, on any of the live recordings that I've seen of this, they just say this time around and then into a guitar solo. This guitar solo is—he's going to use, bring out all the effects in the world here. <laughs> They're like, yay! Was that a guitar? <laughs> leaving them, leaving them hanging for a bit. Just plugging in new equipment. Calf says, I get why people were annoyed with this lineup now. Mm 
<laughs> fireworks shooting out of Tommy's guitar. <laughs> I, I guess like the vocal stuff I can understand, but I mean, come on, listen to some of like the Mark II or Mark III or any of the what thirty minute versions of Ring That Neck when the, <laughs> Richie's like stepping on his guitar and everything. I don't know. I don't think this is wildly different from that from a musical standpoint with these super super lengthy stories. I, I, I get the maybe lyrically you don't I, I enjoy as much what they're doing, but. It's not it's not like uh, they were new to the self-indulgent, lengthy instrumental portions. Yeah, I think that what Richie was doing back then was probably more, I don't know, groundbreaking. Um, I mean, I get what you're saying, like from a musical standpoint, probably no different than this, but probably more exciting at the time. Right. Oh, yeah. no, this is not bad either. Like, you just got to be in the mood for this. Yeah, and, and what else were the, you know, what were their contemporaries doing at the at the same time? When you factor in, like, what was your average 70s rock band, your average 70s drug-addled rock band doing live at this point? Probably a lot of the same stuff. And it's kind of like when you see them now, like, you don't see the drum solo. You don't see, you see, like, the little organ solo, but they've, they've paired it back a lot, and that's kind of more common. You don't see a lot of... A lot of that as much these days. It's not like the standard uh, boilerplate 70s concert format. What was that? <laughs> it's like a firecracker. It's like a fireworks. <laughs> Yeah, so we need, we need like a uh, a milk carton with David Coverdale's face on it. <laughs> Have you seen this man? Last seen uh, during the first verse of Lazy. <laughs> Coverdale's going to come out. He's going to be wearing like a nightcap, like <laughs> holding a candle, <laughs> dripping wax down. <laughs> Here's a nap time for you. <laughs> uh. I guess I got the album art figured out for this one. Oof. Axe Fiend says uh, Mountain was the bass player from Mountain was doing a 20 minute bass solo. <laughs> so, Yikes. Yeah, it's not completely. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I think Zepp, Led Zeppelin was way more indulgent, self indulgent than this. I remember, like, you know, our buddy Scott and my cousin Jeff would always be watching, like, the song remains the same, and I always feel like they should call it The Song Never Ends. <laughs> Very much the same kind of, you know, whatever you want to do. Which is, well, whatever, it's... Uh... <laughs> Coverdale auditioning band members in the back. <laughs> I like I like this whole, like, I like this whole story... Like this whole thread of this whole story, like I was just to be like, you probably ran across the street for a sandwich, and people are like, no, he's like in the back, like creating white steak right now. Yeah, so so the, yeah, the old narrative is like he leaves he leaves the stage because he's like so he's like oh my god, they're just going off on the band, but in reality, he's like sending like one of the roadies like, hey, tell him I need ten more minutes because <laughs> I'm still auditioning people, and then like like the roadie runs out, hey guys, stretch it out, 
Like, could you do like a really, really long version of uh, of this time around? And oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Tommy, keep that guitar solo going. Oh, he's brought well, up I mean, the slide. honestly, at this point, like, I mean, when they're all at this point in their career, and they don't need that kind of rest between songs, yeah, necessarily. Like, I can see why Coverdale. Like in a show like this would be like I am not like personally fulfilled because I'm not getting to perform for like fifty percent of this. Right. <laughs> the next comment. Oh, it's so good. Which one? <laughs> he took a shower, had lunch, and wrote the lyrics to Blind Men. <laughs> he had already auditioned John Sykes by this point. <laughs> <laughs> he was planning out his next 20 years of attack. <laughs> I think we give him too much credit. He's in the back like, here's a groupie for me. <laughs> exactly. Take your time, love. <laughs> we even have time for afterglow. <laughs> <laughs> child there for a second. I mean, solo, definitely not bad, but I mean, obviously not too engaging at this point. Uh, because, you know, based on how we were just kind of talking over it. Otherwise, I would have been like captivated. Yeah, it's like a kind of like. I don't want to say lazy, but, he, but he, it's, he, it's kind of just like, a, yeah, I'm just I'm just mess. I'm just noodling around, having some fun. And, you know, I think everyone in the crowd, you know, they're all there having fun. They don't I don't think they necessarily care. But I mean, it was obvious that he still was like at his at his height. You know, I mean, he could still play. Yeah. He was playing at least this night. He was playing better than he did in like Japan. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's honestly why I don't generally listen to a ton of live Albums. It's not. I'm no, not usually a big fan because it's. It's fun every so often to listen to, and especially in this format, we can listen with friends. But in general, being there and experiencing this is is a much bigger thrill than actually just listening to what happened. But some people, oh yeah, some people completely feel differently and just collect all the live albums and the bootlegs and love it. But it's it was never well, really my thing. Why you hear from a lot of people now that like criticize like uh, YouTube performances or performances where they haven't been there, that it's a different experience when you're actually there, which I could agree with. Jorg's pointing out that Coverdale's girlfriend would have been backstage, so probably no groupies, but maybe his girlfriend. Who knows? Mm, he so, has to be very sneaky. So no wife at this point? Was he divorced from his first wife at this point, Jorg, or is he... <laughs> yeah, at this point, yeah, he was... Since Twitter didn't exist, he was just, like, writing these funny little notes on little pieces, on little, like, index cards. 
Encore. <laughs> then he'd pick, pick up another one. He had just had a big stacks of them. What are you doing? I don't know. It'll all make sense one day. Oops, in italics. Ah, he married his girlfriend in 1978. There you go. Thank you. Here we go. Now we're kind of in the in the home stretch here with the last two tracks. Two tracks, but sort of three songs. Oh, right into it. Didn't even introduce it. Well, yeah, it's because Coverdale hasn't come up from backstage <laughs> when they were going into it. <laughs> he does the backwards thing. <laughs> wow, okay. And this is it's the, the version of Stormbringer made in Japan is kind of short, isn't it? I'm sorry, made in Europe. I think so. This one is uh, like 10 minutes. This is why I've said on the show many times, like I really enjoy if I'm if I'm doing live music, I enjoy seeing it. I enjoy like visuals. And I think, man, if you had vis- if you had like a good quality video of this, it'd just be absolutely sensational. But. Sadly, yeah. that was expensive back in those days. Yeah, the Stormbringer on Made in Europe is only is under six minutes. So, <laughs> Davy says only two more tracks, only a couple more hours. <laughs> <laughs> Rich said he had to go seal the driveway. Asked if he missed anything. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, as the con- as the concert progressed, Hughes got a little more loose. Oh, I just got an email that uh, we're live on YouTube. Oh, awesome! Let's go check that out. <laughs> So Peter's saying that uh, It's a Great Life If You're Norwegian was played on the deep tracks, and then they also played uh, Getting Tighter the other day, so hmm. staying true to their to their word. It's good that somewhere you can hear deep cuts like that. Oh, 
Ooh, Michael Catan's asking what the best DVD of Deep Purple is. That's that's a hard one. I still think the uh, Denmark 72 is maybe one of the... That and California Jam are two of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, they're the most accessible ones, uh, the most popular ones, but... I mean, they are great performances. Yeah, maybe it's something I've never seen. I would even say Made in Europe, except we know that that wasn't one continuous show. Which one? Made in Europe. Yeah, it but it would have been if it were like if that were a continuous show. Yeah, but he's like, saying like a DVD, you know. like a video. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, no video of that one. But so since I can't change the rules, it's not that. <laughs> but if you change the rules, it might be that. I mean, my only concern with that is it's too too short. Like they could, if that was a double album and they put like the full show, or or created a full show for multiple shows, it would be a little bit better, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Here we go. Yeah, that's true. The the, the Copenhagen seventy two when they put in the New York performances is pretty good too. The extended one. Yeah, and the, the 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 audio mix at Cal Jam is not great, but I kind of like the. Uh, I like when they, they talk to the audience with a little instrumental backing. That's that's always fun. Yeah, good point. There's a there's a million live videos of the show from like the '90s on, but I'm not as familiar with those. Mm. Come Hell or High Water is pretty true. for entertainment value. Come Hell or High Water is very entertaining. <laughs> not like one of Richie's last performances. I think it's like his second or third to last, where he was like fucking everything up. Yeah, <laughs> he comes out like three minutes into Highway Star and throws water at people. <laughs> it's, it's pretty yeah, I bad. I saw that. It's, I was just like, it's bad enough when you do it at the end of a show but when you start off the show by throwing water at somebody that's your first when the song is three minutes in yeah yeah, it's gonna be a fun show be funnier if he was like a plate plate of spaghetti spaghetti. (laughs) do it on stage (laughs) because you'd just be like I'd be stunned but then I'd be like where did the spaghetti even come from (laughs) and then Gillen has to perform the rest of the show with the spaghetti on his face Yeah, see, this is where this song could have gone, but Richie wouldn't let it. He refused to let it. He did. Yeah, I'm sure there's there's songs where they had ideas for which song did they want to be the extended jam on. Now, Made in, Made in Japan, they you know, obviously mistreated, and You Fool No One were the ones where they went with that. York says there's a new sound mix of the Cal Jam circulating. Mm. Can't wait to get my hands on that. 
God bless you, Long Beach. Thank you. They're not letting it end here. We got three minutes left. What are they gonna do? Or is this gonna be one of those things where we hear the crowd for three minutes? The fake ending. It's coming your way. Because of the way you get that that white paper positioned in front of your microphone with the black thing, it looks like uh, one of those black and white cookies. <laughs> like you have a big black and white cookie in front of your microphone. Mmm. It's coming your way. It's just the way that you Okay, the Gardot is back. He's asking what song this is. It's Stormbringer. They're turning it into a weird, funky ending of Stormbringer. <laughs> it was a Stormbringer. Now we don't know what it is. Yeah. It came your way. Gardot is not multitasking anymore. He's fully finished. You're going to hear the, the, the stunning conclusion of On the Wings of a Russian Fox Bat. God bless you. Thank you, Long Beach. God bless you. Thank you very much. Set up, a, set up another firecracker. What's going on? Yeah. I was going to say, is that Maybe fireworks? it's a drum. It just doesn't sound like a drum. the uh, screaming crowd for another 30 seconds. We do the whole big song and dance where we pretend the show's over, but everyone knows it's not. Although with with previous versions of Deep Purple, you never actually really knew. (laughs) It's such a formality nowadays. I think it's kind of interesting. Andrew says that sound we're hearing is John Lord shooting himself. <laughs> so help us out. Okay. Yeah, I think Glenn's bass, like John said, uh, John Lord said Glenn's bass playing even when stoned was just, he was, yeah, he was on fire. He's getting funky on this one. I like it. Mm-hmm. And here we go. The conclusion. They would only play four more U.S. shows on this tour. San Bernardino, Tempe, California, actually Arizona, but in the thing here, they say California. 
Salt Lake City and Denver. Then five shows in UK, and they were done. That's why I never liked it because like, oh my God, he's just kind of like slurred the words it sounded like. I just think they're not into it. They're doing it because they have to do it. They're not doing it because they want to do it. Like, I think if you asked, if you asked Coverdale Hughes, Maybe maybe even Pace and Lord. Do you guys want to do Highway Star this way? They'd probably be like, oh. But they have to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that line gets me every time. <laughs> yeah, Gillen's vocals were too... Su- uh, his the lyrics are too subtle. <laughs> yeah, it's really... Uh... It's just like, you know, tires is tits, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, wait, this song isn't about a car at all. <laughs> I mean, the second verse kind of clear that clears up any confusion anyway, but. Mm-hmm. I can't, I wouldn't want to hear him doing uh, Slaves and Masters. There's a fire in my crotch. <laughs> Now, I actually like Boland's take on this solo. Yeah, he kind of starts overall. it overall. But it's it's also it's just the song isn't written for David Coverdale's register. Like it's like true. Like he's got that screaming voice and he's got that low voice which he normally sings in. And this is, he's like, it's got big fat tires, big fat tires and everything. But it's kind of like, it's it's like in that middle zone where it's hard for him to really give it his all, which makes sense. I mean, every singer has got a different rage. If, if they had written this music with Coverdale in the band, he would have written vocals that suited him better. A good point, uh, Davy saying they, uh, or Davi saying they they inverted the solos in Highway Star. <laughs> Legs over easy. <laughs> yeah, Gardo mentioning that they have a. Uh, so on the on the bonus tracks on this one and the the, the King Biscuit, yeah, they do going down, and yeah, it's uh, it's the same song they do on Turning to Crime. But we're not going to get into the bonus tracks this time because, and yeah, they had this basically, it's because they had the double CD, they had extra space probably, and then they had four songs from an incomplete recording in Springfield, Massachusetts a year earlier, and they just Mm -hmm. shoved them onto this at the end. In case you wanted to hear another version of Smoke on the Water and Georgia on My Mind and Highway Star. Like, I want candy. Yeah. 
That's one thing I... Another thing I really don't like about bonus tracks is generally a lot of the times it's like I don't want to hear I just listened to the album I don't want to hear another version of a song I just listened to. I mean they're cool right. for historical purposes, but like maybe nice to have on there and listen to it a separate time. Yeah, we can do a bonus episode where we do just the bonus tracks from this one. Episode three hundred and eighty-two. Look, wait for it. the vocals well, on this well, also, either. At this point, Coverdale's been doing this for three years and he still doesn't know the lyrics to the song. It feels <laughs> like, you know, he doesn't say Big Fat mm-hmm. Tires twice. Somebody should tell him. It's another, like, when you you can tell they're, they're not really into it. They're not. They're doing it because they have to. I, just, I got a warning from YouTube that they've detected copyright audio. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Are they going to cut us off? Yeah, probably. Well, no, no, they won't cut us off, but they will. Uh, they will, however, um, not let us, uh, you know, keep this live stream up probably after this. But yeah, there you have it. Uh, that is... Uh, on the wings of Russian Foxbat, live in Long Beach, Long Beach 1976, whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a blast listening to that with uh, um, <laughs> York pointing out that Gillen doesn't know the lyrics to his songs after 50 years either. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was really fun to listen to. Before we break up the uh, stream, we do have to do one thing. And I, I think by this point, you all know what that is, right? And that is to thank our, what level is it? Foundation level think, patrons. Did you thank any? Yeah. Oh, you I were, you were, it. you were, yeah, you, you stepped away for a second and I, I filled the void with thanking some patrons, but, um, <laughs> but that was our core level folks. Now we have to thank our foundation level. So, uh, coming in at the $3.33 set halfway to evil tier. We have Raf calf on the stream right now at the $3. Nobody's perfect tier. Peter Gardo, also on the stream. Ian DeRosier, Mark Roback, Duncan Leesk, Stuart McCord, flight of the rap bat blue light. <laughs> Ivan Fjellbu. <laughs> And Runar Siemensen.
Then coming in at the $1 made up name tier, we have the wings of a leaky fox bat, leaky mausoleum. Steven Somerville, the Concerto 1999 fanatic, Spike the Rock Cat, JJ Stenard, Hank the Tank, Private Eyes, Ashen Lionel, Sugar Tits, and. Hey, oh! Our newest patron, Scott Price, who hopefully we'll hear something back from next week. A little bit of a rundown of uh, how we discovered the show and all that. But, um. That's it. Yes, I agree. This chat was completely unhinged. It was great. Great, uh, great material in the chat. Thank you for everybody joining us uh, this week. And we will definitely do it again uh, next time we do it, cover a live album or live performance. We'll do it again. Mm-hmm. And hey, maybe on social media or or wherever, send us an email. What do you think the next live performance that we haven't covered before should be? It'd be great to get some feedback on that. Or maybe we'll just pick something we want to do. It's kind of what we usually do anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, I have to go because I um, am going to my kid's school. So they called me the other day and they're doing some sort of safety presentation uh, ritual kind of like this um, where they're she, they're giving a they're giving a talk about like safety and fingerprints and crime and all this sort of stuff. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to run in with sunglasses and a scarf and like all in disguise and I'm going to steal the woman's purse and run out and then they're going to have to describe who it was and then they're going to call me back into the classroom and then they're going to figure out that uh, you know hopefully um, uh, hopefully uh, my my own children won't even recognize me uh, is, is the idea to to teach the, cl- the, the the class that you know if something happens that quick you might you might not have reliable information and all that sort of stuff so it should be fun so I'm gonna so I have to leave because I'm stealing a woman's purse um, <coughs> hopefully they're not setting me up to frame me we ne- we never called that guy and asked him to do that <laughs> and I'm going to prison instead of work right after that so uh, all right so Nate has to leave early to be a mugger yeah I have to go mug- well I'm not gonna mug anybody I'm just gonna snap I'm gonna perch snatcher I'm gonna snatch uh, a little snatcher. old lady's purse well go. not not a little old lady I'm regular. I don't know. I don't Someone's. know. I don't know. I don't know how old or young she is. Usually, like the kid, the teachers at my kid's school are so ridiculously young that it's just like, oh no! Like, I just graduated. I'm 23. I'm like, oh my god, you could be my kid. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm going to steal an old lady's purse. So got to break up. Nate the show. is turning to crime. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, t- I'm turning to crime. Um, yeah, so generally, uh, you know, be, be able to stick around on the chat for a little bit, but I have to get up in my disguise. <laughs> Uh, oh man! Uh, so make sure to send pictures. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna. Wa- I'm gonna. Li- yeah, I should just keep the live stream going on my phone. I'll just run in. <laughs> I'm live streaming this. Just in case you need somebody to help you make bail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hope I'm not being set up. Um, all right. Well, thank you, John. Thank you to the chat. And uh, yes, this was fun as always. Yes, yes, a, a big blast. Uh, Big fat tires and big fat tires. Um, all right. We will uh, see. Well, I'll see you anyway next week. And you will all see us on the next uh, episode if you're listening to this uh, recorded. Yes, yes. Thanks, everybody. Pizza. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening.
like, he's like, we're not fighting anymore. It's an emergency. I got to go. 